and you're back, Tom, right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail on the vent line and we might use your call in the show at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. What a week, what a week. Here we are on Friday in our Week in Review. We're going to talk about the latest developments in the Roger Stone case. We've got takes on that that you won't hear on the mainstream media. We're going to uh, take stock of the Democrat race, the dumpster fire that uh, has broken out in the Democrat nominating process. We're going to look at more Bernie bro violence that took place in New Hampshire. You didn't see that covered in the media. We'll uh, look at uh, what happened yesterday with the Houston Astros and their, their apology tour. And we'll bring you up to date on uh, the United States military getting deeper into the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. I want to start with the Roger Stone situation because this perfectly illustrates the double standard that goes on in Washington, D.C., and the fact that uh, you've got a Republican at long last in the in the person of Donald Trump that uh, doesn't just allow himself to be pushed around by the deep state. You know, the, uh, the the left and the Democrats are in an absolute meltdown. They're now calling Trump Hitler. Trump is literally Hitler, they say, because he tweeted out that sentencing Roger, Stone's, uh, Roger Stone to seven to nine years in prison for lying to Congress, something that uh, many members of the deep state uh, have done in public in the form of Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Hillary uh, Clinton lied on television and uh, faced no consequences at all. But uh, Trump is Hitler because he's pointing out throwing Roger Stone into jail for nine years for the same exact charge as prosecutorial abuse. Here's just a little sample of what you'll hear on the uh, on the networks and the cable news, uh, MSNBC and CNN that uh, they desperately want Roger Stone's head on a pike. It is clearly utterly offensive to the rule of law. This is what sets this country apart. This is what a banana republic does. This is what a dictator does. It is outrageous. I hope people are infuriated Infuriated. by this. The reason they're doing it is slimy, sleazy, dirty. Roger Stone is somebody I hold in minimum high esteem. So I was not unhappy to see him get seven to nine. So seven to nine years for Stone, uh, one of the deep state operatives that did exactly the same thing, uh, this guy, uh, James Wolfe, he got two months. And Trump is literally Hitler because 
he said on a tweet and in public statements that this is unfair. Obviously, it is. Obviously, it's prosecutorial abuse. The more we learn about what went on in the Obama zealot uh, uh, judge, Amy Berman Jackson's courtroom, the more we realize uh, just what a kangaroo court she ran. And uh, and here's Trump's statement that's got them all worked up. You say that you were upset about the, the Roger Stone sentence? Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. That, that of that, no, I didn't speak to the judge. I'd be able to do it if I wanted. I have the absolute right to do it. Uh, I stay out of things uh, to a degree that people wouldn't believe. But I didn't speak to him. I thought the recommendation was ridiculous. I thought the whole prosecution was ridiculous. And I look at others that haven't been prosecuted, or I don't know where it is now. But when you see that, I thought it was an insult to our country, and it shouldn't happen. And uh, we'll see what what goes on there. But that was a uh, that was a horrible aberration. Uh, these are the I guess the the same Mueller people that put everybody through hell, and. Uh, I think it's a disgrace. No, I have not been involved with it at all. Would you consider commuting? I don't want to talk about that now. I think it was a disgraceful recommendation. So over on Morning Joe, uh, that that comment that was pointing out an injustice that was being done in our uh, system by the same Mueller special prosecutors that have been exposed again and again as engaging in this sort of wild prosecutorial misconduct prompted this response from Joe Scarborough and his uh, his mini um, mini me. What what was the? I guess Joe would be master blaster and the uh, uh, Mika would be the guy that sits on his shoulder and tells him what he's allowed to say. And that's why we our, our constitutional republic literally and the institutions in it literally are being challenged every single day by this would-be dictator. Would-be dictator. I mean, I say, that sounds tough, doesn't it? You tell That's me. That's the word I you was going to use. Does Donald Trump, would Donald Trump not do whatever he could do if he could get away with it? Seriously, if he could arrest every journalist he didn't like, if he could arrest us tomorrow, let me ask you a question. Do you think he would arrest us tomorrow? So Trump is a dictator, literally Hitler. Now Hitler, uh, you know, uh, had concentration camps, um, medical experiments on uh, on prisoners, all sorts of atrocities. And Trump is literally Hitler because he pointed out the uh, sentencing a a sixty seven year old man to nine years in prison is ridiculous, which it most certainly is. He also points out that uh, Clinton, Comey, Brennan, and Clapper have not faced any charges. So I guess that's Hitler too. And what went on with Roger Stone, and I'm going to tell you exactly why it went on, but I want to play you this clip from Tucker Carlson describing how the Department of Justice and the FBI under the director, uh, the direction of Andrew Weissman, how they went about arresting Roger Stone, a guy who's never had a prior record, who's never uh, engaged in any violence, 67-year-old man sleeping at home, uh, and they went to arrest him with a a SWAT team and helicopters overhead. It's just before 5 a.m., and an SUV with a CNN cameraman arrives first to this quiet street in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
Within minutes, the driver gets out and begins to set up his tripod. So far, no sign of anything's about to happen. But the Cameron gets back in his car with his equipment to wait. Almost exactly one hour later, trucks with heavily armed men arrive in front of Roger Stone's house. Immediately, CNN's cameraman jumps out of the car, camera on shoulder, capturing the footage. The feds assemble on Stone's driveway. They're wearing ballistic armor and carrying assault weapons with 30-round magazines, red dot sights, and tactical flashlights mounted to their barrel shrouds. One has his gun hanging by a strap while he carries a battering ram in his left hand. All of the men have sidearms holstered on their waists. A second camera mounted on Stone's front door shows another angle of the raid. A heavily armed FBI agent approaches the door with his gun drawn, while others stake out positions behind. It looks like a high-stakes raid, but CNN's cameraman is still 40 feet away filming it all. One agent swings his firearm around as he scans and surveys Stone's front porch. Behind the home, a third camera captures agents approaching the back of the house from the side yard. Behind the property, a boat arrives with at least two agents on board. They shine a floodlight into Stone's home. Back in front, an agent pounds on Stone's door, finger next to the trigger in case something goes wrong. He tries again as he and his colleagues wait in position. Within minutes, Stone exits his home to greet the agents who have their rifles pointed at him. Stone raises his hands and spins around, apparently trying to show that he is unarmed. Another FBI agent approaches Stone from behind and cuffs him. You know what that was? That was a terror raid. They knew Roger Stone didn't represent any sort of threat to them. They could have called Roger Stone's attorney and asked him to come down and turn himself in the next morning, and he most certainly would have. But Andrew Weissman wanted to terrorize Roger Stone and send a message to anybody else that dares to violate the deep state on what they can expect. And this seven to nine year prison recommendation is the continuation of these deep state terror tactics. And right after this message, I'm going to tell you exactly what's behind this zealous vendetta against Roger Stone and why Donald Trump, who is objecting to this, these, this terror treatment is, is now called Hitler. I want to remind you to go online at AmericaFirstRadio.shop and order your banana bag today. You get five packs for $15.50. This is an absolute great oral solution to prevent or treat dehydration. It contains high doses of vitamin B and C and electrolytes in a powder blend with sodium, chloride, potassium, and dextrose. No preservatives, no artificial flavors, no sweeteners, no dyes, no GMO. It's all gluten-free. Keep it in your medicine uh, box in case you uh, get the flu or a stomach virus or you're suffering from a hangover or you've overdone it at the gym or on the job. It's absolute great. I have no doubt that if you uh, make an initial order, you're going to want to have this on hand all the time. We got same-day free shipping, and uh, you can get it at AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop. Banana bag oral solution. Order yours today. So anybody who is not suffering from Trump derangement syndrome would have to wonder, why in the world are they trying to destroy, absolutely destroy 
Roger Stone. His legal expenses have already cost him his his um, savings and his house. And it's because Stone um, went off the reservation. He was accepted as one of the um, Washington operatives prior to this. But Stone, you see, spoke too much truth about what's really been going on in 2016 and before. First of all, let me express again my belief that Julian Assange is a journalist. Uh, the the uh, intelligence agencies can repeat mindlessly that, that WikiLeaks is a Russian front and that Assange is a Russian asset, but that does not make it true. In fact, the more they say it, the more likely it is to be untrue. It's what they would like it to be. It's funny how liberals, including many in the mainstream media, love Julian Assange when he was uh, exposed the deep secrets of the Bush administration because they viewed that in partisan terms. I'm having a hard time understanding what Assange's potential crime is. He obtained, through some source, classified information, and he published it. So did the New York Times. So has the Washington Post. So has the Wall Street Journal. That's what journalists do. That is not a crime. In the Pentagon Papers case, the New York Times versus the United States of America, the court ruled very clearly that that is a legitimate role of the fifth estate. So uh, the real uh, crime by Assange is that he is exposing the deep corruption of the two-party duopoly. He is laying bare the stark crimes of the Obamas and the Clintons and the Bushes, and for that, he must be destroyed. Hillary Clinton actually proposed hitting him with a U.S. drone. So they've, uh, they've got it in their heads that Roger Stone was a conduit for WikiLeaks. There's no evidence whatsoever that Roger Stone was ever able to communicate directly with Julian Assange at WikiLeaks. He claimed to have an intermediary in the form of Randy Credico, a, a talk show host in New York and former comedian whose uh, lawyer represented Assange as well. So they've got this uh, very tenuous uh, communication with uh, somebody in the Trump orbit. He wasn't actually a member of the campaign and WikiLeaks. And they think that if they can nail this down, Throw Assange, uh, throw um, Roger Stone in jail for nine years. That that will give lend some credence to the RussiaGate hoax. And like I said, uh, Stone is saying uh, verboten things, things that are not allowed uh, to to be said because they might call attention to what exactly has been going on. In the question of Seth Rich, several things are true. One, it is very clear that Seth Rich was murdered for political purposes. This was not a random burglary. Seth Rich's parents initially expressed a view that his watch, his wallet, his jewelry, his money was all intact. So much for the robbery motive. And early on, they expressed an interest in knowing who his killer was. Then suddenly, they fired the private detective that they had retained to look into his murder and they began to become represented by a crisis management spokesperson whose other client is the Democratic National Committee. 
In a stunning interview, Assange was asked directly whether Seth Rich was his source, whether it was Seth Rich who passed the Democratic National Committee emails on to WikiLeaks, who subsequently published them uh, to great effect uh, and to the detriment of Hillary Clinton. Read that interview very carefully. He never denies that Rich is his source. What he says several times is, indeed, our sources take their lives into their hands. They run substantial risk. And then at the end of the interview, he announces a $25,000 reward to anyone who can provide information that leads to the apprehension of Rich's killer. I think it is abundantly clear that Seth Rich was not only a WikiLeaks source, but he was murdered because of it. I believe that. And uh, this this video on YouTube will probably be taken down. And uh, I may be threatened with lawsuits if I continue talking about this, too, because this is one of the biggest cover-ups in the modern age. And they went after Roger Stone. They terrorized him. They drug him into Amy Berman Jackson's courtroom in Washington, D.C., and she immediately slapped a gag order on Roger Stone, one that prevented him from uh, earning a living because he speaks for a living. He wasn't allowed to talk to the media at all. And two, to continue this terror campaign. And now that this uh, this bogus conviction of Roger Stone is in place, she is still got a gag order on Roger Stone. They want to keep this gag order on Roger Stone until they throw him in jail for nine years, at which point if he if he makes any statements while he's in jail, they will use those statements against him to deny him probation. This is an utter and complete corruption of the justice system in order to serve the interests of the corrupt deep state. Over at Fox, Judge Napolitano was on Tucker and commenting on this gag order that they've got on Roger Stone. Uh, it is highly inappropriate and a direct violation of the First Amendment. There is at least an argument to be made about uh, restraining both the defendants and the prosecutors from making statements about the case while it's pending, because those statements might make their way to the right. jury. That's an extra courtroom way of communicating with the jury. And, and I, I hated having to do it, but there are sometimes that's the only way you can assure the integrity of the trial. But there is zero benefit to be served to the justice system in silencing a defendant after he's been convicted. Once conviction comes down or acquittal, as the case may be, the defendant resumes the full panoply of First Amendment rights that he had before the case started. Well, you've got the talking heads on the uh, the networks and the cable, um, left-wing cable channels, just absolutely um, in a sexual ecstasy over the thought of Roger Stone going to jail. And here's a, an example of that. This is, um, uh, is it Richard Gergen? I can't remember his first name. Uh, you know, he was a, one of these mild-mannered, milk-toast Republican uh, strategists that uh, allowed the Democrat Party to run roughshod over the Republicans for, for decades. And the very thought of... Roger Stone going to jail has this guy in in uh, some sort of psychosexual ecstasy. 
Roger Stone must also worry that if he goes there, he say, you know, he's seen as something of a dandy. Will he be physically safe? Uh, will he will be subject to rape? I mean, there must be a lot of things that are going through his mind. Oh, my God, what, where have I got myself into? So it, in light of that, how odd, how perfectly odd. How odd indeed. So I've got a couple of extended clips of Judge Knapp's appearance on Tucker Carlson last night where they were talking about the um, the miscarriage of justice that went on in Amy Jackson, uh, Amy Berman Jackson's courtroom. And he's talking about the fact that Amy Berman Jackson allowed uh, a lawyer, a far left wing lawyer, former Democrat candidate who had a long history of tweeting and uh, and posting on social media about what was going on with the Russia hoax, Russiagate hoax, and specifically Roger Stone. This is information that she must have hid, hidden from the lawyers and the judge who interrogated her before she was put on the jury. Now, in federal court, judges pick the jurors, so judges do the interrogation. The lawyers sign off ahead of time on the questions the judges are going to ask. The purpose of the interrogation is to weed out people that have a bias, prejudice, knowledge of the case, or interest in the outcome. She obviously had a prejudice against Roger Stone, a bias in favor of his prosecution, and an interest in seeing him convicted. That should automatically disqualify her. Now, what do you do when you discover this after the conviction, Tucker? The proper thing for the judge to do is to bring this juror back in the courtroom in the presence of Roger Stone and his lawyers, and in the presence of the four prosecutors who have since resigned, because their resignations are not effective until she, the trial judge, accepts them, and interrogate this woman in order to determine determine whether the bias influenced her guilty vote and whether that bias was passed on to other members of the jury. Well, it most certainly was. If you have a lawyer that is uh, the foreman of the jury and she's got an agenda to pursue that should have been uh, discovered by the judge who, if she did do her due diligence, ignored it entirely. And Judge Knapp points out there that uh, this this big story about these four prosecutors resigning is bogus as well. First of all, they can't resign from a case without the permission of the judge. Three of these four um, special prosecutors for Robert Mueller, they resigned from the case. They didn't resign from the Department of Justice. One of them did resign from the Department of Justice, and he probably did it because he's got such a uh, so much to hide. Uh, that he uh, he wants to get out of town. But the, the interesting thing about what Judge Knapp said is, um, you know, that uh, uh, if this is true, and it, it most certainly is, you can uh, you can see the uh, the social media posts that were going on during the trial by this this jury foreman that uh, it would be uh, it would require a new trial for Roger Stone. The thing he uh, apparently misses there is that Roger Stone's attorneys have already filed for a new trial based on this juror's misconduct and the judge's failure to properly vet this juror. And Amy Berman Jackson denied that motion. She denied the motion before all of this blew up, thinking that she could could move on with her seven to nine year uh, sentencing against Roger Stone, and uh, and nobody would notice the fact that uh, all of this juror misconduct had gone on. 
while she's got a gag order against Roger Stone and his legal team. So Amy Berman Jackson knew about all of this when she denied Roger Stone's motion for a new trial. She is a deep state operative. She has gotten almost all of the cases, well, I guess all of the cases uh, related to the Russiagate hoax that have been filed in Washington, D.C. And she's come down like a ton of bricks on everybody that she possibly could. We're going to run out to a break. We'll take a, uh, a look a little bit more, and uh, we'll talk about the calls for uh, the Attorney General Bill Barr to resign because of all this. Right after these messages, right here on right now on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective, right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. So the Democrats are in a frenzy. They want to impeach Donald Trump again. They want to impeach the Attorney General. Old Chucky Schumer took to Twitter and he said, We are witnessing a crisis in the rule of law in America unlike any we have ever seen before. Now that is a either a bald-faced liar, which is almost certainly the case, or a, an historical illiterate. He thinks Trump tweeting out that the the sentencing recommendation for Donald Trump or for uh, Roger Stone is a crisis in the rule of law unlike any we've ever seen before. Worse, he says, than when Lincoln suspended habeas habeas corpus. Worse than when Lincoln shut down hundreds of newspapers. Worse than when uh, uh, LBJ in turn, thousands of American citizens based on their race. Worse than when um, uh, Lyndon Johnson sicked the IRS on his political opponents and sent them to jail. Trump sent a tweet pointing out an obvious injustice. And that, we're led to believe, is a crisis in the rule of law and makes Donald Trump literally Hitler, a dictator. If, if 
Schumer wants to impeach someone, he ought to impeach Amy Berman Jackson. She needs to be subject to disciplinary uh, review by the bar. It won't happen, obviously, because Washington, D.C. is a uh, a Democrat stronghold. 95% of the voters, you can't get a fair jury in Washington, D.C. for any Republican. And they know that. They've gone after this for years and years, building up this uh, this firewall to hide their corruption. Donald Trump uh, uh, most certainly ought to pardon Roger Stone. I think he ought to do it today. But in the last segment, I played for you a clip uh, from from uh, Judge Napolitano about this jury foreman that Amy Berman Jackson apparently uh, either didn't do her due diligence on or purposely put on the jury to take charge and, and assure a conviction against Roger Stone. Judge Jackson ruled against Stone on each and every motion that he filed during this this trial. But here's what Judge Knapp said uh, ought to happen to uh, this, this uh, jury foreman. Well, it would be catastrophic for her. First of all, she's a lawyer, so she would be prosecuted for perjury since the statements are given under oath. Uh, and if convicted, she'd lose her license to practice law. That would be the least of her concerns. She probably would serve jail time if she lied in order to affect the outcome of a case. And if she did lie, if the judge concluded she lied, Tucker, that is an automatic um, vacation of the conviction and an order for a new trial if the government even wants to try stone a second time well the transcripts of the void dire the the questionnaire <clears throat> that the the jury foreman filled out is now available online and she claimed that she uh, had almost no knowledge of uh, stone's involvement <clears throat> alleged involvement in the russiagate hoax that she hadn't been paying attention to it and that she her she had made up her mind. At the same time, she had a, a, a long social media history uh, defending the terror raid to arrest Roger Stone and, uh, and uh, you know, weighing in on the Russiagate hoax on behalf of the Democrats. So one of two things is true here, maybe both. And that is that the juror lied to the judge and the judge didn't do her due diligence or the judge did do her due diligence and decided this is just the person I want on Roger Stone's jury. Over at National Review, the conservative journal, Kevin Williamson uh, came out and demands that Roger Stone says that Roger Stone ought to go to jail for 50 years for what he did. Now, the same Kevin Williamson has been mostly mute on all the wrongdoing by the, uh, the deep state actors that they should be held accountable for. But in something that's supposed to be a conservative journal, they publish an article by Kevin uh, Williamson defending the treatment of Roger Stone. And of course, now you've got the uh, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Swalwell, the whole bunch of them, calling on um, calling on Bill Barr to resign or be impeached. 
we should all be calling for the resignation of the attorney general. If he won't resign. Attorney General William Barr ought to be ashamed and embarrassed and resign. I have formally requested that the inspector general of the Justice Department investigate this matter immediately. You see how this goes. Anytime anybody gets close to the truth of the Democrats and the deep state's corruption in Washington, D.C., their um, their mouthpieces in Congress immediately leap to their defense and, count, and mount a counteroffensive against uh, um, Trump or anybody that pointed out their corruption and wrongdoing. And this is just the latest chapter of what we've been treated to ever since Donald Trump um, was elected. You know, Bill Barr is really the adult in the room. He's uh, he's sort of a throwback and somebody that uh, is from a um, a previous era when it wasn't open and complete war of annihilation between the deep state and the executive branch. And um, he's trying to go about his business. And even he said uh, that uh, Donald Trump ought to stop tweeting. He, he said that uh, Donald Trump has never given him any instructions or talked with him about any, any ongoing prosecutions. But he said that, uh, that Trump ought to stop tweeting. This is a, uh, from an interview with Bill Barr uh, by Pierre... Pierre Thomas, is it, over at ABC News. Have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the, in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. But the thing I have most responsibility for are the issues that are brought to me for decision. And I will make those decisions based on what I think is the right thing to do, and I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president, I'm going to do what I think is right. Well, they're going to drag Bill Barr uh, into the House Judiciary Committee in front of uh, the toady uh, uh, Jerry Nadler, and they're going to grill him today, and they're going to try to um, goad him into making statements against Donald Trump that uh, may get him fired so that they can continue on their witch hunt. I don't think that Trump is going to fire Bill Barr. Bill Barr is conducting himself honorably, at least as far as we know. And, uh, and he has assigned John Durham uh, to get to the bottom of the deep state corruption. He's also taking information from Rudy Giuliani with respect to uh, Biden and the Democrats' corruption in the Ukraine, and he's screening that for intake into the Department of Justice using a, uh, a U.S. attorney out of Pittsburgh. He's trying to move some of these uh, cases outside of Washington, D.C., in the Southern District of New York, where uh, they're basically uh, Democrat operative shops for the deep state. Trey Gowdy uh, was on with Martha McCallum and had this to say about these calls for Barr to resign. 
false. But the notion that Bill Barr should resign is about the dumbest damn thing I have ever heard. If a United States senator really believes that the head of the Department of Justice cannot weigh in on what a proportional sentence is. I mean, there are child pornographers who don't get nine years, Martha. There are people who rob banks that don't get nine years. So let the judge decide. I, I think two or three years is, is, is about right. Well, two or three years would be about right. And you can bet uh, nothing like that's going to come out because they've got to shut Roger Stone up. So Barr has said that uh, Trump has never spoke with him about any criminal case, but that he should stop tweeting. And uh, this has given the Democrats all the oxygen they need to carry on their their witch hunt against Donald Trump. The Department of Justice uh, abused its prosecutorial authority against Michael Cohen and General Flynn. <clears throat> and now they're doing it against Roger Stone. They're trying to uh, send a message to anybody that dares speak truth to power. The Department of Justice has still not responded to GOP referrals against uh, these deep state actors that committed perjury against uh, Avenatti and his uh, client, Julie Swetnick, that tried to torpedo Brett Kavanaugh's nomination. The wheels of justice turn slowly, and we just got to hope that we get some uh, charges filed before this election in case Donald Trump were to lose it. I don't think that's going to happen, but the Democrats' new talking point is that this great economy that we're experiencing this record low unemployment, these rising wages, this uh, Dow Jones industrial or Dow Jones average reaching all time highs. Well, Obama did that, <laughs> and according to Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump has squandered all of the good work that he and Obama did to, rec- uh, to restore this economy. It was the most anemic and poor. Uh, recovery after recession in U.S. history. Normally, the deeper the recession, the more robust the recovery. But that wasn't the case under the Obama administration because at the same time uh, the U.S. economy was trying to dig itself out of a, a hole, he was piling on regulations and and uh, taking all sorts of executive actions to destroy businesses. I think I read that uh, the Dow Jones average has has set about a dozen all-time highs under Trump. Now, I, I'm not um, only for Wall Street doing well, but it is a good thing that Wall Street is doing well. At the same time, we've got record low unemployment and we're bringing jobs back and we're uh, finally getting, getting uh, to wage increases. And the, uh, the stock market doing well is great for everybody because the financial sector tricked the private sector into throwing over defined benefit pensions and put everybody on these 401ks that they're reliant on now for their retirements. This, this talking point that they've got, that this is the Obama economy. You're going to hear that a lot coming up because that's their big, biggest obstacle, overcoming Trump's actual accomplishments in order to try to take him out stick with us we'll be right back after this brief commercial message 
If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-957-6209. 800-957-6209. 800 That's 800-957-6209. So the Democrat uh, nomination process is moving on to Nevada now. We've got uh, a communist leading the field. We've got a small town mayor from a failed small town mayor from uh, from Indiana. And a woman in the person of Amy Klobuchar that uh, nobody knows and is busy uh, taking back all of her previous positions and try in order to try to fit in with this far left party. You've got Bernie Sanders, um, Bernie bros out there assaulting people. A, a man in New Hampshire was arrested after he assaulted a 15 year old boy at a polling site, but for wearing a, uh, a make America great again hat. And then, uh, and then attacked his father when he came to his aid as well. And you've got all of these undercover videos from inside uh, Communist Bernie's campaign uh, advocating for violence and uh, a violent revolution. I got this clip here. I got to play real quick. Here it comes. Ain't gonna make it with anyone anyhow. But if you go carrying pictures of Chairman Mao, you ain't going to make it with anyone anyhow. What is the other line in that song? Uh, But if uh, you got minds that hate, all I can tell you is, brother, you have to wait. That song could have been written. Listen to the whole thing. It could have been written by uh, about the Bernie Sanders revolution. I guess it was written back in the the late 60s in response to the anti-war movement and uh, the rise of George McGovern. But where is the media uh, at on all of this political violence coming from the left in the form of Antifa, these attacks on Republicans that are almost daily in the aftermath of that attempted mass murder of GOP congressmen? Where are they? They're busy telling you and me that Donald Trump is Hitler because he questioned the prosecutorial misconduct. 
You got old mini Mike on the sidelines waiting to come in. Put me in, coach. He's waiting for the, the, the final collapse of the Biden campaign. And when he with, withdraws, mini Michael step in with his billions of dollars and try to, uh, to um, ride it into the White House. He's on this apology tour for, uh, for the stop and frisk policies. And, and I think this is absolutely going to destroy him. The commercials that are going to be put together from Mike's, uh, many Mike's statements are going to be devastating. Murderers and murder victims in one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 15 to 21. That's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that get killed. So you've got to, if you want to send the money to a lot of cops in the street, put those cops where the crime is, which means in minority neighborhoods. So this is one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana that are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way she got the guns out of the kids' hands is uh, to throw them against the wall and frisk them. So (laughs) I'm not even sure you have to uh, edit that clip. You can take the description of young black males, Xerox it, give it to all the cops, and then they can throw them up against the wall and frisk them. I don't think that's going to play too well in the Democrat Party. Here is uh, a, a, a talker over at CNN, a black guy on the view in the black community of Mini Mike. I run. The things he's talking about now, he had 12 years to talk about as mayor, 10 years after that. Where, where was this? I'm worried about is he says he can't be bought. That's because he's doing the buying. And so I'm worried about the ads that he's putting out there. What I'm hoping people will do is listen to those of us who know him, who have worked with him. Can't say he's the worst person in the world, but his policies that he put forth were very harmful to black and brown communities, not just in policing. We have a housing epidemic that's really a Bloomberg issue. We have an education epidemic that's really a Bloomberg issue. And so we have to be real about that. And I'm hoping that people will, while he has not been on these primaries, as we move forward, do the research, listen to the people who have known him. It's going to be interesting to see if you can buy um, um, the Democrat nomination and push, push your history with their number one constituency, the black voters, down the memory hole. You know, one of the things I was thinking about with regard to this uh, tweet war between Bloomberg and Trump, where Trump is referring to him as Mini Mike, is, you know, there's a pretty substantial population of of guys that are short. And, um, and they don't like it. They don't like it a little bit. And I just wonder how many voters that Trump is alienating by this mini mic theme, I've got a um, a Trump a, a Trump impersonator reading one of Trump's tweets. Mini Mike is a five foot four inch mass of dead energy who doesn't want to be on the debate stage with these professional politicians. No boxes, please. No boxes. No boxes. He hates crazy Bernie and will, with enough money, possibly stop him possibly stop him. Bernie's people will go nuts. 
You remember the 1968, well, maybe you don't, but uh, you know about the 1968 Democrat convention in Chicago uh, that broke apart. They had this party schism, led to violence in the street, and uh, Mayor Daley sending the cops out to bust heads. That, uh, that is a very real possibility in Milwaukee. If uh, this, this guy that is the antithesis of everything the Democrat Party claims to stand for comes in and steals it from commie Bernie, ah, the Bernie bros who are already um, engaging in and prone to violence are going to blow a gasket. I found this clip I want to play for you here. This is Elizabeth Warren. You know, they keep talking about foreign interference in our elections. They're trying to wrap that around or hang that around Donald Trump's head. Well, here's a, 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 a just a glaring example of the double, double standard. Uh, this is Elizabeth Warren uh, before she left Iowa. Tonight is for every undocumented, unafraid organizer and volunteer who proudly knocked on doors to let the world know that the path to progress runs through courage not fear. So we're all supposed to be very concerned about foreign interference in our election. And you've got one of the main candidates of the Democrat party right there bragging that she's got illegal aliens, not only volunteering for her campaign, she's talking about the volunteers, but organizers, those are paid campaign staff. And she's got foreigners in the country illegally out there campaigning on her behalf. And now that this uh, nomination process is going to move on to Nevada, out in Nevada, people can just show up at a caucus site and vote. They don't have to be registered to vote prior to the caucus. They don't have to show any personal identification whatsoever in order to participate. She's already signaled that she's perfectly fine with foreign nationals in the country illegally um, working for her campaign. So we're going to Nevada now where you don't have to show any ID and you don't have to be registered to vote to participate in the caucus. What could possibly go wrong there? Well, this week I was telling you uh, that China is most certainly underreporting the the scope of this coronavirus. And yesterday they uh, had to admit that there's now 14, almost 15,000 new cases and 242 additional deaths the death toll is approaching 1,000, and the uh, infection rate is approaching uh, about 60,000 now. And that's just what they're admitting to. And the U.S. military is now mobilizing in order to respond to the coronavirus if, it, uh, if and when it comes here. You know, one of the odd things, and we're going to explore this next week, is so far every person that has uh, succumbed to this virus has been Asian. So yesterday I covered the story of the Houston Astros and their um, their cheating scandal, and I mistakenly said that uh, they won the two out of the three last World Series. They were in two out of the last three, and they won one. But uh, yesterday the Astros went on an apology tour and marched their uh, players out to um, to say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jim." 
I have some brief remarks that I'd like to share with y'all. I am really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this. So that wasn't received too well online. Here's just a sample of what uh, the response was over at ESPN. I said I was sorry. You can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. Would you please stop saying that? George, I'm sorry. No, you can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. I don't know what that means. I'm really sorry. You can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. It's an expression. Sorry. Yeah, you stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. I think I may have um, uh, made a mistake. That, that might not have been from ESPN, but... Uh, the MVP from the world's the last World Series that the Astro Rose won uh, was also required to apologize. Thank you, Jane, and thank you, Alex. Uh, I also will be brief. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in in 2017. <clears throat> We especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball. And our team is determined to to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. So they made every player uh, march forward and uh, issue this apology because they've been caught dead to rights. Here's, uh, here's an, another example of one of these players apologizing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. Oh, it sounded like that player got off script a little bit there. <laughs> They've admitted cheating. Now it's going to be absolute. It's going to destroy this uh, this organization. They're going to end up having to uh, to pay all of their um, proceeds to uh, to players that were uh, harmed by this cheating scandal. But pay attention to the news next week. We're going to be uh, treated to an all-out pandering of black voters extravaganza as Joe Biden desperately tries to uh, rescue his failing campaign. He ran three prior times. He's never uh, amassed a single delegate. He's never finished in any primary or caucus higher than fourth. And this is going to be fun. Get your popcorn ready and join us back here on right now on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. 
Visit vivatals.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.